The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior News Editor for Job Searches and Careers. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. Often on this show, we hear from people with decades of experience in their careers, folks who've gone through many career evolutions and seen how the world of work has changed. But even though those guests have plenty of good, even great advice for folks just out of school or those starting their careers, they almost never have the lived experience of what it's like to be new to the workforce right now. So today we're flipping the script. My guest, Alexis Fernandez, who goes by Allie, is proudly Gen Z, a.k.a. she's young. Still, she's already made the kind of career pivot she never would have expected when she graduated just a few years ago. She started out as a teacher, but even though she felt like she was giving back to her community, she wasn't exactly happy. So during the pandemic, when a mentor told her she might want to try out the corporate world, she made a leap. First, though, she was a bit taken aback. I laughed in his face and said, sir, I was an English major. How could I ever be good at that? And he said, just have a conversation. The conversation led to a career that Ali has thrived in. In addition to serving clients at her financial services firm, she runs the company's college program, serving as a mentor to people who were where she was just a few years ago. As Ali puts it, her career has been a series of risks starting with leaving Puerto Rico for college in New York, all the way up to her current position. So I wanted to know, how did she chart her course? Was she intentional or just open to possibility? Here's Allie. Every advancement that I've made has been the result of building a relationship, has been the result of being open to something new, learning something new. You know, obviously I had goals, but those goals were more around the impact that I wanted to make. It wasn't necessarily, I want to do exactly this, this, and this, but rather it was, I want to make a difference in my community. I want to utilize my strengths. I want to be around people. (laughs) I want to be happy. I want to be flexible. And utilizing that sense of purpose in my career was really what made the difference. Do you think that risks are important to getting ahead in your career and just getting ahead in life in general? Oh, 100%. Risks are 100% how we can grow. I'm a big practitioner, believer in growth mindset. I believe that grit is absolutely the foundation of, you know, how we can get to bigger and better things. I think risks are you know, the starting points. And obviously, trust me, I'm in insurance. Calculated risks are incredibly important. You know, it is Not about, you know, going completely blind, but being willing to step a little bit out, listen to advice, but also really following that sense of there's something new out there. You know, failure is only a true failure if you choose not to learn from it. And so there's really no downside to taking calculated risks, (laughs) whether it's with your career or your personal life. I think that's such a good point. And when you start looking at risk and you say, okay, I have a few options in front of me, 
how do you know which one to take and how do you actually calculate that risk and say, okay, I still might fail, but the odds are pretty good that I won't. So I'll just use the example from my own career transition. So jumping into financial services from a career as an English teacher sounds like an out of the blue, crazy risk. But as I was making that transition, what was going on behind the scenes was first, I had someone that I trusted say, Ali, you have the temperament to do this. There's no guarantee, but you absolutely have the personality and the skill set that you could be successful. I was taking, you know, different personality profiles, quizzes. I was speaking to people. I messaged and connected with tons of people in the financial services industry while I was making that decision, having those conversations. I was definitely speaking to people that I loved and trusted. I was really doing a lot of inner work. And ultimately, yes, it was a risk, but like it was that sense of intelligent risk. It was all right, I could fail. It is a very entrepreneurial field. It is very sink or swim. And ultimately, I had to ask myself, knowing what I know, having spoken to the people that I've spoken with, having listened to the people that I did, having done all of that inner work, will I be happier knowing that I stayed in this stable position where I'm unhappy and didn't fail? Or would I be okay trying for this career that sounded exactly like the kind of impact that I wanted to have and failing, but learning. And so ultimately that's how I made that decision. And I think that that combination of inner work, speaking to people that you trust and doing research and asking yourself those hard questions, asking yourself five years from now, 10 years from now, what will I be more satisfied with? That's how you take those risks when it comes to your career. And Ali, you know, speaking of risk, risks are ways to get to a goal. And to take a calculated risk, you do need to know sort of the different parts of the equation. And when you look at the equation, the thing that comes after the equal signs is really the goal. How do you figure out what your goals should be? Your goals should always come from what is deeply important to you. Because if you are prioritizing things that someone has told you that you need to prioritize or things that look good, you're never going to be properly motivated enough to do the things that need to get done in order to reach that goal effectively. Goals need to come from a deep sense of purpose. So many studies show that employees at you know any company, any organization, if you motivate them with a sense of collective purpose, they are more effective, they are more happy, more so than any perk, more so than any um, benefit. It's all about feeling like they're making an impact, you are making an impact, and you are doing something that you are meant to do. So if your goals come from that place, it doesn't matter how different they are, it doesn't matter how far off and how lofty they are, because you are going to continue to work at it, and you are going to do it every day, you're going to do it with a smile, you're going to do it with commitment. And when it comes to reaching your goals, commitment is the most important part. Getting up and doing it every single day, even when it's hard. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you truly feel like you're making an impact and doing something that is meaningful. Yeah. My next question is, you know, once you figure out, okay, here's the goal I have for my career, for my Mm -hmm. professional life, how do you suggest you start plotting to reach those goals? So it wasn't a matter of, you know, I'm not an extraordinarily type A person. So it wasn't, you know, me pulling down the whiteboard and saying, all right, point A, point B, point C. 
But it was a matter of just being realistic and being honest with myself. What could I be happy doing? And it's creating multiple options for yourself. You know, there's so many different paths for success. And I think what really motivated me in that moment was something needed to change. I didn't know what, I didn't know. I mean, this was, you know, before I made that ultimate jump, but it really started from that kernel of, I deserve something that makes me happy. I deserve something that makes me feel this sense of purpose um, and something needs to change. And exploring that feeling, you know, exploring it in therapy, exploring it through journaling, speaking to people that I trusted, speaking to mentors, um, all of that really helped me refine, you know, what were the multiple things that needed to change. Yes. And I think, you know, having a person that you could rely on to sort of help guide you is so important and is not someone who's necessarily going to just give you a map and say, this is how you follow it. It's right. someone who understands that you're on your own trajectory and that mm -hmm. your path is going to be different from everyone else's. Mm -hmm. And it's really great to have at least that sounding board and mm -hmm. someone with institutional knowledge. And I think that's the great value of having a mentor, especially within your company. Mentors are everything. Mentors, coaches, advisors. Really, I wouldn't be anywhere if I hadn't had people in my corner who I could trust and who were guiding me, allowing me to do what I needed to do and discover what I needed to discover. You talk to a lot of professionals who want to make a change and, and do things with their career that maybe they're a little bit worried about. And when people are talking about their professional lives with you, what do you think is the biggest misstep that they take? So when people are talking to me about their careers, when people are talking to me about oh, this is what I want. I'm very much listening for this sense of, I want it because this is how it looks versus I want it because this is what I want to do. What we do day to day is not truly what makes up our career. It is, again, how we are making that impact. It is how we are building our skills, our knowledge base, et cetera. And that's really what we need to lean on. We really need to lean on our sense of purpose, our sense of impact and think bigger. Because what I find is I did that when I became a teacher. I said, all right, I have an English degree. I know how to write. I know how to read. Because of those skill sets that I have and because of this title that I have as, you know, someone with a degree in English, I need to go be an English teacher because I know I can do those things. I was doing the things I was trained to do, but I was not happy and I was not being the person that I wanted to be. I made a radical transition into something that I had not studied, was not something that I ever envisioned myself telling people that I was doing, but I was being the person that I wanted to be. And funny enough, the things that helped my career, specifically posting on LinkedIn, connecting with others on LinkedIn, I was still able to use my skills. I write every day and those relationships that I build really do stem still from that education, just in a completely different way. Um, so that's really what I listen for. Um, I just tell them, you know, think some more, understand that it's you who has to go through this process and it's not necessarily going to be the same. You're not going to want to do the same things the rest of your life. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Ali digs into the one thing you can do today to improve your job search. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, 
TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product, though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. We're back with Alexis Fernandez. The pandemic has upended not only how we work, but also where we work. So if you find yourself in a new city, how can you start networking from scratch? Here's Ali. The internet is a beautiful place. I absolutely would recommend going on Facebook, LinkedIn, joining groups. Also, I really love using sites like Eventbrite, Meetup, et cetera. You know, now, you know, depending on your comfort level, of course, with the pandemic and, you know, seeing people live, there are so many options if you are willing to put yourself out there, you know, join groups, go in places where you're going to meet people and not just groups related to professional networking, because sometimes those can be duds as well, but joining groups related to your hobbies, you know, forget business. All the best business conversations I've had did not start talking about business. They started talking about cooking, talking about my cats, talking about everything under the sun, except business. And then it naturally evolves. Go make friends. Go make friends, join groups that have to do with your hobbies, start small online, depending on your comfort level, get out there. Um, There's just so many options now. What do you recommend for new grads navigating the job market? It's hard. (laughs) You're not crazy. It is difficult. It is difficult. Even people said it should be. I would say lean on your alumni networks. And I think that's, if not the most, definitely one of the most valuable parts of going to college in the first place is just really leaning on those alumni networks, you know, not being afraid to start in something that is not in line with your degree. There's so many successful people who started off their careers in completely different places. And you're not a failure if you're not able to use your degree and you're not a failure if you are not getting that super fancy consultant gig right out of school. You know, it is a very different world than people were graduating into 10, 20, 30 years ago. I would highly, highly, highly recommend building up your professional social media. So again, LinkedIn, like building a professional LinkedIn, connecting with others. Again, that goes into also connecting with your alumni networks. Um, That is very important. More people are looking at LinkedIn's than they're looking at resumes, especially for younger people in these entry-level positions. It really can set you apart. Um, really focusing on creating a professional brand for yourself. And again, we're Gen Z. We're good at that. You know, really leaning into what we can do in a unique way that doesn't cost us a lot of money 
is so, so important. I think that's so important. And, and telling your story is such a great way to put yourself out there and say, hey, listen, exactly. you know, here I am, here's who I am. And you get to see your progression over time. And, you know, for people out there who are thinking, you know, I'm new to this, how do I get ahead? You don't have to start as a CEO. You don't have to start in the C-suite. In fact, you're not going to, most likely. I usually tell people life is long, so pace yourself. <laughs> yes. And well, for people who are listening to this conversation today, what's one thing that you suggest they do to really take control of their careers or start themselves on the path that they want? Build relationships connect with people, make friends, speak to people, go to networking events, go virtual, in-person, I don't care, go to them, meet people, ask people for introductions, um, build up your Rolo, people don't even use Rolodexes anymore. I don't even know why I'm using that, I don't have a Rolodex. <laughs> but building up that connection list and adding value and learning from others because you never know when an opportunity is going to come. And again, I say this as someone who you know, struggles with anxiety and things like that. I know that it is sometimes difficult to just put that first foot out there, but that is a habit I have had to form, a muscle I have had to flex every single day, where that is an integral, integral part of my workday. That is the single biggest thing a person can do when it comes yeah. to building their career. Thank you so much, Ali. Absolutely. That was Alexis Fernandez, who is a financial advisor and who is well-known for her advice to young professionals taking their first steps in the workforce. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday at noon Eastern time on the LinkedIn news page. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Gianna Prudenti, Derek Carl, Elias Avalos, and Taisha Henry. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn, and I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.